Hey everyone, a big welcome to the Forge Ahead Show, hosted by me, Nick Elston, inspirational speaker, creator of unique mental health engagement strategies, a transformational speaking coach, and a mentor to have in your corner. The Forge Ahead Show brings you the storytellers, the influencers, the people who have gone from adversity to excitement, forging something better, something beautiful, something powerful. So stay tuned dive in and be inspired by today's very special guest. Hey everyone and a big welcome back to the Forger Head Show and I've got a guest for you today. This week is an amazing guest <laughs> that really kind of adds to the list of other amazing guests I've bought but this guy I've kind of shared a journey with. We've kind of it's amazing, but well, we're going to go for all that before I get too far ahead of myself. Hello. I have Mr. Fidel, the kingmaker, Bow Hill. What a lovely welcome, Nick. Mate, it's good <laughs> to see you, my man. It is good to see you, brother. Yes. yes. So before we get into where you're from, let's get into where you are now. Tell us about yourself, buddy. Wow. Well, yeah, my name is Fidel Bowhill. I am the modern man coach, a.k.a. the kingmaker. Um, I'm a men's masculinity and life coach basically i help guys who have been through divorces breakups or having a midlife crisis and uh, help them step into their positive masculinity and feel good about being a man again man there's not enough of that uh so yeah i also i, I work with women i've just finished uh, a women's group program actually the uh the council of queens which is which is really really interesting nice. um, literally we finished that wrapped that up last week uh so that was a pretty cool adventure but yeah, I'm flat out at the moment, and um, I'm just about to launch my coach academy. So we're moving into awesome. uh, building a building a coach school. So we're training other other men to to to, to step in to, to to do the same sort of work to work with men. Mm. I read some stats recently the other day that it's kind of like life coaching and, and personal development is just such a female led industry, which is wonderful. You know, I uh, saw a, a, a sort of the list of the top ten coaches in in 2020. Um, there were Tony Robbins, I can't remember the other guy, but eight of them were women. And it's like, oh, this magnificent industry kind of like built and led, led by some amazing women out there. Um, but that does mean to say that with this stuff that's going on with personal development, yet again, kind of with emotional intelligence and these kind of like conversations about relationships and, and who we are and, and evolution and all this, women are, are moving further and further ahead, ahead of us. So I think that there's, there's a need for more male coaches out there. There's a need for more men to, to engage in personal development, therapy, coaching, however they want to do it and just start being able to to have this conversation and engage with themselves a little bit more, you know, with that mm. point of the Maslow's hierarchy of needs now, aren't we? Self-actualization. <laughs> yeah. Let's do it, guys. So that's a there's two really interesting things. I love these conversations, and the reason I bring on people like yourself is because culturally we just have these conversations. We're going in rabbit holes and look at different things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and right from the start, we've done this. So I'm going to go. Oh, with yeah, this. I, went, I went in. <laughs> <laughs> Recently, we've been speaking about the gender imbalance in speaking. So when I run my monthly speaking academies, 80% yeah. are female. When I get to professional stages, whether that be stadium or conference, predominantly, I think there's a better mix in the corporate space, but 80% are male. There seems to be a disconnect in between. But you also, as you also alluded to, as a male working in the 
well-being and mental health space, it's actually quite a big selling point, a man talking about mental illness and mental health. Gender plays a really important role, doesn't it? Both ways. It it does, and we can't keep avoiding the the, the subject. You know, um, admittedly, it's a difficult one, right? And and those of us who step up and speak about it come under fire some sometimes. But I think if we're doing it with with the right intention, and it's not about like my my tagline for for everything I do for my big vision about bringing men and women back together again is separate but not divided. We have to be mm. able to have these separate conversations. We have to be able to talk about men. We have to be able to talk about women. Um, but as long as it's not about driving the divide, you know, as long as it's understanding that we have separate issues, separate problems, separate ways of doing things, and we are different, um, but that doesn't mean that we're better or worse, you know, it's about bringing us all back together. And it's interesting you say the speaking thing, because I went uh, recently with uh, Danny Wallace. I was up speaking at her event as one of her pro speakers on a Be Inspired program. Okay, yeah. That was an odd situation because we, we were in a, a kind of a, a studio like on stage so it was on camera it's the first <laughs> time I stepped on stage. the last time I'd spoken on a stage was in uh November 2019 <laughs> I haven't been doing a lot online because I don't like it like just speaking directly into my laptop it's just a yeah. weird so I've declined lots of stuff um so that was I was really excited about that but I turned up and I was the only guy you know there's 23 women um and 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 me uh which is like for two days surrounded by all these amazing powerful women a lot of them in the personal development space and business space and and stuff like that so yeah we went we went deep on that on on that conversation but you're right about the, the professional speakers but now we've got you know i think people like brene i mean brene brown is like for me one of the best professional speakers in That's the world awesome. right now like yeah. you, you she's absolutely nailing it and her podcast and and the stuff that she's delivering and, and kind of talking about so I think she's a magnificent inspiration for a, for a lot of women kind of leading the way. She's a very normal woman as well, like, you know? Yeah, she talks very from, relatable. Very relatable, isn't she? Mm. You know, her, her age, her kind of, her size for one of a better expression, just and the way that she talks about her family, the fact that she's a successful businesswoman, she talks about her husband and, and the stuff that they face. And yet there she is, the most viewed TEDx, TED, TED Talk in the world, Netflix mm. special. You know, we've got more and more women step, stepping up in, on the professional speaker circuit, and I, I think that's it's brilliant. Yeah, I think so. I mean, you, obviously, Brandy Brown's thing is is talking in about vulnerability, something that's a big a big passion of mine. I know it's a big passion for you as well, and and actually harnessing vulnerability so it becomes to work in our favour, uh, not something that we're just constantly afraid of in in life and in business. But I mean, you also mentioned about that you kind of sometimes feel you have to defend your corner talking about and working in the space that you do. How does that look? Do you what kind of kickbacks? Uh, kickbacks. What kind of that uh, kind of fightbacks do you get from people around what you do? Yeah, I mean, it's not even so much about what I do. It, definitely, my kind of like philosophy where um, I I talk because what I talk about seems quite. It's not even old, like old fashioned or, or from a, from a couple of generations ago when I talk about the masculine and feminine and those kind of like that role of the masculine leading and the and the and the feminine kind of receiving and, and, and following like people really struggle with not having that related to this kind of like power dynamic that we're used to. Do you know what I mean? And this kind of where it's about controlling and manipulation rather than about uh, a, a beautiful balance. 
you know mm. um, I'm literally just having this conversation I'm down at my brother's at the moment having this conversation with with, with him and and my sister-in-law who are not same generation but they're in early 30s like um and I'm, I'm sort of mid 40s now so there's a there's quite quite a difference and they're very professional down here in london and and stuff and so some of the stuff i talk about they're, they're just like oh like, you know it, it just doesn't quite quite sit quite sit with a lot of people if then if they're new to it and and I, so i get it i get the resistance and what i what i'm talking about and a lot of other people who talk about this kind of dynamic and and even just the very word masculinity and femininity triggers the hell out of people like it's a real um emotive subject mm. um and it's interesting to watch people work with that emotion like you know and i think for whatever reason i've my kind of like little talent for what it's worth my, the, the the thing that i've gift that i've been given that i'm using for this is an ability for people to actually kind of listen to me and especially especially women they kind of have an inherent knowledge or feeling that i'm i'm not saying something bad even if what i'm saying might trigger them they know to they kind of want to keep listening and they want to delve a little bit deeper with me and i've been i've been blessed with that for whatever reason people kind of want to engage with me and listen to me and don't just write me off if i say something that seems a little off to them mm. um which i don't which a lot of people can't get away with um and so i think it's important to use that talent or gift or whatever it is I can't, I can't even describe what it is to have difficult conversations right i've got this ability to be able to push difficult emotive potentially triggering conversations without triggering people so much that they don't want to engage with it and so it's kind of my duty to use that talent to 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 have to talk about this stuff you know it's important it's important yeah. you have to do something because it's not working at the moment <laughs> uh, so also i think that do you find that across the cultural divides there's there's different levels of resistance or awareness or openness around the subjects of masculinity and feminine femininity on the on the flip side of that as well so do you mean sort of from different so different in terms of race or sexuality or yeah 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 well so um, we'll talk about sexuality first and, and and where we are with all of that lgbtq plus um and the whole kind of like uh trans um topic and conversation that there is now again where i've got a few trans men and women who i speak to behind the scenes who kind of keep me in kind of check you know i i i sense to check, check myself no but, you know i don't yeah, i get that yeah and and sometimes i feel like i've got a caveat some of the things i say because what i talk about is uh masculine and feminine in men and women size gender heterosexual heterosexual relationships right yeah and again that's something that i come under fire for by some people um because they say well what about trans people i'm like i'm not trans like i don't understand that i'm not going to stand up on stage and pretend to to kind of speak about something like that would be out it's like a white guy's not going to stand on stage and talk about the plight of the black british youth is he do you, do you know what i mean that, that, yeah, that's, absolutely. That's, that's not my my place however to to not be able to talk about size gender heterosexual relationships 
is is a nonsense like of course we have to talk about it with there's millions of us out there like you know and, and i shouldn't have to put a a kind of uh an nb or whatever before before i say something and and funnily enough again it's not usually people involved in those communities that get upset about what i say at all they totally get it um it's people being offended on their behalf similar thing to race so okay. and actually nobody understands about masculine and feminine more than somebody who's transgender somebody who totally understands that it's something energetic and within and it's about more than what's between your legs you know um because they actually feel either masculine in a female body or feminine in a male body you know mm. so they they get it they get what i'm talking about more often than not um so yeah that's always an interesting uh an interesting one same with uh sort of gay and lesbian couples and stuff and and quite often again in the conversations i've had with that they totally understand that even within that dynamic there's a masculine and a feminine one of them plays one part of the polarity role you know mm. um as for culturally yes yes there is there's all sorts of stuff going on you know i'm, I'm half jamaican and that is a very uh there's a very interesting mix and a lot of stuff that gets unsaid in 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 that space um there's a huge element of kind of traditional masculinity and toxic masculinity um you know when men are men uh, you know in all, in all areas of life however behind the scenes there's also i mean it's still illegal to be gay over there um despite the fact that essentially we had a gay prime minister i mean he would never admit it most people won't but i think it was a one of those open secrets yeah um and 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 yet again you also see this thing with jamaican men as well where they, there's this edge of kind of flamboyance and feminine creativity that's behind quite a lot of done in a very macho way which is really really interesting i was the last time i was over there i went to a, an art exhibition and there were some people from from america who came over and went into trench town and uh worked with like gang members there and they were like right you know what um you can use whatever materials you want we want you to design like fashion costumes and everything else like that and we'll we'll photograph you and basically off they went and they were pink and purple silk with feathers everywhere do you know what i mean like these guys will shoot you you know and and yet given their their freedom and an unlimited budget to express themselves fully they went really really kind of camp um uh, which is <laughs> which is which is fascinating for me and um yeah i don't know so yes, there's there there is a there is a difference. I think your insights are absolutely fascinating. I, I think it's really interesting because we know each other from before the people that know us for now kind of thing. Yeah, people yeah, yeah. know us for different things and a different space now. And and firstly, thank you for sharing that. I, I, I said I think it's such a such an insightful kind of angle that you deliver and work in in the space that you work in. But when we first knew each other, I was selling stationery and. <laughs> You were running a wheels company and you were called Fidel Bad News Bowhill. Bad news, First of all, why the bad news? Because you also took that into the boxing ring as well, didn't you? I am. He's about he's about to make a, a, a reappearance. I think apparently. Really? Oh, wow. In, in cool. The deal's being done behind the scenes. I might be making a little comeback. I don't know how, mate. I'm really kind of <laughs> out of shape and overweight, man, after this last little lockdown, you know, I'm carrying some timber, but I might be fighting again in July. Um, nice. 
Yeah, I spoke about this earlier on today. Uh, yeah, I used to run a wheel writing company, and kind of one of the things I do quite well is is kind of marketing and creating that personal brand stuff. And um, the bad news, Bowhill was was as a wheel writer talking about death and having a big sign saying "You're all gonna die." <laughs> yeah, uh, infamous tagline that is still remembered across the country. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's an interesting bit of work, and I learned so much from that. Mm. You know. As, as you know, everything we do is everything, it comes into everything we do, right? Absolutely. And I think that the network, especially, um, I have four networking in mind. We had um, Brad Burton on not long ago. We were talking about this, actually, how four networking was kind of the, like the testing ground for our budding kind of speaking kind of opportunities oh, without at that doubt. point. Without, without doubt. I mean, that mm -hmm. was a, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a real proving ground. And um sort of just being able to kind of net net for those of us that used it you know it was, <laughs> yeah. it was a brilliant opportunity you know i went uh, i put the miles in up and down the country networking mm -hmm. and i think now you know where everything's shifted online and you know i do a lot of my stuff on facebook and people are like oh you've got five thousand facebook friends i bet you don't know of and i'm like actually do you know what at least half of them i have you actually do. Like, <laughs> yeah. you know them they and they know me and I think that's been a great part of this, the success of the transformation from being a wheel writer into a life coach, which I worried about at first, because I was like, how are people ever going to kind of accept this shift? Mm. And actually, when I did this shift, loads of people were like, yeah, well, of course, like we, they, they knew who I was, they'd met me, they'd seen me speak, even when I'm talking about death and so forth. And they, you know, they'd followed me and I've always been fairly candid on, on my social media and given people an insight to my life. And I walk, I walk my talk, you know? Mm. um and so so people knew liked liked and trusted me you know at, at that point already which is which was brilliant yeah and what when did where did that start that kind of that kind of change that kind of evolution into what you do now what 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 so the seed of thinking that was where you wanted to go um was it through personal experience was it through an ambition how did that look in, in reality how did that play out yeah i mean it was funny because like I said, I used to call myself the deaf coach, you know, and I was going around to, and a lot of it, I suppose certainly as a speaker, I, I was, I was bringing that into the motivational sort of speaking arena was the stuff I'd learned from deaf and, and obviously being around yourself and Brad and all of the other kind of people like that, obviously had opportunities to go and, and be involved in that environment, despite what I was, what, what the business I was in actually was. But what really happened was behind the scenes, although I was very successful at bringing in a lot of uh, business, I tried to grow that company too quickly and kind of borrowed some money and we got into financial difficulties. And I didn't tell anybody about it. I didn't tell my colleagues, I didn't tell nobody in 4N knew about it, nobody in my BNI groups knew about it. Uh, my wife didn't know, my kids didn't know, none of my mates knew what difficulty I was in behind the scenes. Wow. And despite the fact that I was very physically fit, I was uh, boxing competitively still doing all my training. Um, I ended up having a massive panic attack, which I thought was going to be a, I thought I was having a heart attack. I thought I, thought I was going to die. Um, and ended up in, in hospital uh, where the doctor kindly told me that he had experienced the same thing. And it was kind of like a physical manifestation of the stress. And was there anything I was going through that I wanted to talk about? At which point I kind of burst into tears and kind of spilled my guts to the to the to the good doctor um after that i then went into started to have um hypnotherapy 
because listen, the, the, the reason why I didn't tell anybody and that's how I ended up here. The reason I didn't speak about it was because for me, that success and being a provider for my family, being a pillar of the community, being somebody at the top table in, in the net, in networks like 4N and BNI, you know, I was a pillar of the community. I was part of the six, I was seen as a successful businessman with all this shit together, great family life, big house, nice car. You know, I had all this stuff going on and, and, and that was, for me, really intrinsically linked to my sense of being a man, of what it is to be a man, um, a successful man. And the fact that it was crumbling away behind was intri- was intrinsically linked to that 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 sense of masculinity. I didn't I didn't want to tell anyone, you know. And so while I was having, I started having hypnotherapy to try and heal some of the wounds. That was the second business I'd got into trouble with. Um, in Spain, I lost. 18 million euros in about space for about three months, 12 weeks. Wow. Um, and my million euro villa and pools and cars and everything went really quickly. So this was the second time this had happened. Um, and so I needed to do some work on my relationship with, with money. So I went and had some hypnotherapy. Uh, when it was finished, I kept going. So that's like taking my brain to the gym and I was annoying my hypnotherapist. And she was like, <laughs> if you're that interested in it, why don't you just go and study it? So I did, I did a hypnotherapy course, then I discovered NLP um, and and that took, a, there was a five year journey of me going through NL, learning NLP, learning hypnotherapy, timeline therapy. I did my personal trainers qualifications and, and stuff. And while I was kind of boxing and trying to wind up my wheel writing business slowly. And if anyone's been on uh, certainly the NLP process uh, right the way up to master coach level, it's a very, very deep personal development and therapy process. Um, at which point you really learn kind of like and really connect with kind of who you are. The real turning point was the question. I think it was while I was doing a master prac level of NLP and I went home and I had my flip chart out and I asked myself, who am I? I don't know if you've ever asked yourself that question, Nick. Have you ever asked yourself Same that question? question? Not for a while. <laughs> it's a terrible question. Don't do it to yourself. Uh, <laughs> it's a rabbit hole. There was a well, because I think by the time you get to an answer, it's probably changed again. So it's a never-ending quest. So I got a bit frustrated with that one. And then I asked myself a really great question that I now ask with all my clients, actually, which is what do you have to offer the world? Um, and that's a beautiful question. And I sat with that for a few days, like and that kind of like who am I but what are the gifts how is that useful which is where I, I kind of understood my my ability to have difficult conversations which came about in mm. wills right telling everybody like how did I get away with that I used to wander around with a sign saying you're all going to die but people used to love it you know <laughs> like not many people can get away with that and I watched other people try and copy me and they couldn't get away with yeah. it um it right because I was coming from a genuine place mm. and so I was thinking right this is what where are the difficult conversations? What can I have? What do I believe in? Who, kind of, who am I? I'm a, I'm a man who's real comfortable with my masculinity. I was brought up by my by my mum, who's a very strong feminist, and I learned so much genuine, like core respect for women and the feminine in the world and the goddesses and everything else like that. My mum also made sure that I was really confident and comfortable with being a man. So I've got this balance going on. Once I clocked that and I started talking to other men, I realized that I was fairly unique. Like so many men out there do not have a positive relationship with their sense of masculinity. 
you say the word masculinity to a lot of men, they're like, oh no, no, I mean, they want a part of that. Like that's almost alpha male, knuckle, knuckle dragging stuff. Like this real negative impression of what masculinity or being male means. Like imagine using the word like male empowerment. Like, you want to do what? You want to empower men? No, 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 we can't have that. The big fear from women, fear from men of their own power. Um, and I was like, dude, this is a problem. Um, and then I went through my own divorce and realized again, there was nothing out there to support guys through this. Also realizing that 52% of marriages are ending in divorce. Looking around me and realizing that we move, men and women are moving further and further and further and further apart. Our generation has been hopeless at, at, at holding together traditional marriage and, and long-term monogamous relationships. We're terrible at it. Um, you know, we've got women who are coming out at the other end of these divorces exhausted from being in their masculine energy, feeling like they've been sold a bit of a duff idea of having to copy men and mimic mimic men in order to be successful. Um, and really they feel the same way about you say the word femininity to a lot of women they go oh no we don't want any of that that's weak and pink and fluffy like what a total misunderstanding of femininity men feel the same well we know what masculinity that's a, that's a thing it's like how can you feel negatively about something that is so essential to who you are it's so core as to who you are you are a man like there's very few truths <laughs> that are so true like you know that is part of who you are to not feel positively about that I think is an issue um and so that that's 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 how i got here and that's why i do what i do that was a long explanation thank you so much <laughs> well thank you for sharing so openly as well it's, it's great when people just kind of really share their stories in a really candid way because people relate to that then people will relate to the authenticity you're showing so again big thanks from me and from everybody else watching and listening to this so you mentioned nlp now it's something that i'm familiar with i guess in a, a very kind of superficial way so neuro-linguistic programming. Uh, tell us all about NLP. How does it look? How does it work? And how does it work with your clients? Yeah. It's interesting, actually, because sort of at a basic level, and I don't actually practice pure NLP very often anymore. Um, I'm much more of what I would describe as an intuitive coach. Um, language does play a massive part. And, and as you move through the NLP stages where it goes from being a real pure kind of like therapy with lots of tools, um, the NLP practitioner level is really, really great. And it gives you a load, load of kind of tools to help people uh, move through uh, lots of stuff. But I very rarely use that skill um, anymore. So NLP, neurolinguistic program, essentially is the language of the mind. And it's about helping people with the way that we think about things and the way that we process the language and the way that we view the world, how we process that and the language we use within our mind and the, the issues that that can create and the solutions that that can create just by changing the language that we use to talk to ourselves, mm. you know, which is really, really yeah. important. So, so that, a, that's NLP. Thank you. And I think as a solution focused person as you are working with clients, yeah, how do absolutely. you how do you protect yourself when you're working with other people potentially going through really challenging times great question nick great question and that's very pertinent you know because during the last year and a uh, year and a half during the lockdown process kind of i've really really had to double down on kind of self-care it's been intense 
I'm, I'm an extrovert, so I recharge naturally by being out and about, networking on stage, mixing with people, and I lost, I've lost that. So my natural energy state has been a lot lower than it would be normally. And so my kind of resistance to be able to to protect myself from the the negative energy, I will say that, like, you know, from people, not just my clients, but generally being online running my mm. facebook groups and the bombarding of messages and people just this is the thing about facebook in particular is that like you're you're accessible people can just fire you stuff at any point day <laughs> day or night and they feel like they're entitled to do that as well if they're in your group or something like that and they have no kind of concept of, of what that does you know you read something where a guy's messaging you about feeling suicidal or going through a divorce or just had something horrible you know just being told he can't see his kids anymore or something like that you can't unsee that and, no. and although I've got much better boundaries now than I than I did at the beginning, you know, to like, I can't take, I can't possibly, I couldn't possibly take it all on as much as you want to. And I used to, to mm. run myself ragged, responding and replying and engaging with everybody that reached out to, to help me. But you just, you can't do it. You have to save yourself for yourself and for your family and for the, your, your kind of paying clients first and foremost. <clears throat> and then, and so those boundaries have got a lot, stronger during lockdown you know and i've really taken time i have uh I, i've got really into kind of energy work i have i have reiki do a lot of meditation nice. yoga keeping fit i'm out barefoot walking grounding hugging trees you've probably seen my pictures <laughs> me um science is backing it all up i do a lot of uh work with my clients now i've got them all out and even some of my mates are out barefoot walking hugging trees really funny we're recording this actually even though this is going out later we are recording this in mental health awareness week and obviously the theme is connecting yeah. with nature plays a huge part and you mentioned yeah. exercise and you also mentioned the comeback the boxing comeback now if I'm right in thinking, correct me if I'm wrong, you uh, got into boxing through kind of a movement around white collar boxing, wasn't it? So it was basically taking people that were not used to boxing, training them up, then in a fight mode. Is that right? And how did that look? Yeah, I mean, so I, I, that's the kind of, that's where that's where I box competitively in white, is in white collar boxing. Um, I didn't go through one of those programs myself. I did it the proper way, according to my coach. Um, I trained with him for... I think it was about like 18 months before I even started training for my first fight. So I didn't go through an eight week fight boot camp fight camp thing. <laughs> um, like a lot of these guys. But I have I have uh coached and supported and and, and cornered in in uh, those events and they have their place for sure. Mm. And I think one of them is is really beautiful, getting men together, punching each other in the face. Right. You know what? In a friendly way. Like we love it. There's just something so primordial about that. Like guys testing each other and shaking hands afterwards and kind of this this that camaraderie and that that real male environment which we don't often get to experience anymore um is a beautiful thing to behold that kind of brotherhood where you're training together pushing each other all getting stronger together learning a new skill together and mm. then like under the lights in front of everybody really that is the old we talk about vulnerability there is nothing more vulnerable than standing up opposite another man like you know both with the intent of kind of punching each other in the face like people talk about it being violence but it's just violence is the I, I get it but when you've experienced it it's it's just it's not violence it's it's skill it's mastery it's science you know it's it's a it's 
it's some it's something else that I guess it's it's difficult to appreciate unless you've kind of been through it. Um, but is that is a wonderful experience for men, and and it's probably so it's definitely knocked years and years off my life, and also just taught me loads of wisdom. Mm. Um, I think there's also been is one of those kind of areas of life in which even though it has been the preserve of kind of the the kind of the masculine very kind of old for kind of that you have people like Tyson Fury coming up and and openly speaking about mental health and so actually it's for me that kind of pays testament to the fact that you can be that kind of modern man you can be the man while still being well, actually, open think, and going against everything that we got told man up stiff up a lip all that kind of stuff if you look historically boxing through the ages has always presented people like this muhammad ali talked about all of this in terms like the warriors are always the wise guys the nicest most generous most thoughtful people i know are also the hardest and physically strongest because mm. you learn vulnerability through strength right when you when you know when you've pushed yourself through this stuff and when you've tested yourself physically and you understand that it is more than just muscle that makes you strong it's more and and the emotional stuff you know and you can be physically strong whilst also crying and facing heartbreak and turmoil mentally like you know that these guys have, have spoken out since the dawn of time you've always had boxers talking about this stuff um Amazing. and i think tyson fury is actually we're, we're putting it into context now and i follow quite a lot of boxing pages and stuff and when you see some of these quotes from these guys like rocky marciano um and all these guys from from back in the day they were talking about this stuff long mm. before anybody else was. they were talking about the paradox of of vulnerability um in a in a strong man you know and and kind of perceived weakness and, and all this sort of stuff and how how difficult it was that because they were always held up as this essence of masculinity and perfection and this that and but they were often great big mental and emotional messes behind the scenes mm. um and and so there's a lot of wisdom to to be learned from from the warriors um a lot of wisdom so maybe through strength in by any definition of that term that it gives you the platform to remove the mask if that's the case i mean i was not aware of i'm not a boxing fan per se i i followed you and that was about it um <laughs> but before that i wasn't aware of any of that so really great for me to kind of uh, get an understanding around that as well but maybe that's it maybe actually when we do feel that strength that we feel we can unmask ourselves trying to be not trying to be somebody else or something else without doubt because it gives you confidence it gives it gives you confidence when you're physically fit and and strong and kind of capable and look like i said the people asked me when the beginning of my personal development journey was and thinking it is when i started doing nlp or hypnotherapy and it's not it's when i started boxing mm. years before that because it's such an internal process that like pushing yourself through all this stuff and really digging deep who am i like why am i doing this why am i putting myself kind of like through this and you experience it like real strong emotions when you're tired and hungry you know um and, and in and in pain like you know it you 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 really really learn, learn and build resilience and, and mental fortitude and experience the weakness you know where you're there just going i po cannot possibly do any more and you discover because somebody else is pushing you or you've got 
a desire to push yourself and a reason to do it that you 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 haven't run out at all you know as david goggins says you got foot whenever your body says you're finished you've got 40 percent more 40 percent more every time um and and then there's the kind of poetry and the 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 art of of combat as well you know standing in the ring and again you look back at muhammad ali and lots of other people before him the kind of the the poetry that that they've always brought and and you know what's his name lao lao sung who's wrote, wrote the art of war and, and stuff like that you know there's a lot of relatability to to kind of combat and life it's a great metaphor yeah for- I was actually, I was running a session in the week and used that kind of Roosevelt quote about the gladiator in the arena. It's, um, yeah, it's powerful stuff. I mean, so I guess this is probably the $64 million question. How would you define the modern man as you see it? We're finding it. Like, I, don't, I don't pretend to have all of the answers with this and I'm very upfront about that. I think my job is about looking, looking to... To, to find an answer and, and creating it because we haven't got it. There isn't a final piece to this. Um, my, my thing is about, you know, human beings have been around for three and a half million years. Modern society began 3,000 years ago, right? At the very earliest and really how we're living now is 50, 100 years old. And so the three parts of being a human, we my, this is my theory, <laughs> uh, we have this biological element to us, which is we're animals at the end of the day and for three and a half million years our neurology and biology was designed to walk around in small little groups hunting and foraging like this is who we are now this other part of us our intellect our consciousness our brain which has made us put us where we are today we're very intelligent creatures now we try and use that to deny connection to this part um, and to try and think we're superior and above all of this biological element. And it's absolute nonsense. We have chemicals mushing around inside us and, and emotion and, and uh, the way that our thoughts and, 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 and bodies are designed are for padding around fields and making sure that we we procreate and, and, and we stay alive, um, which you, you, you know, you know, all the fears and stuff like that that we find and the stress that we're facing living in this modern world because we're not supposed to. We're supposed to be sitting in a little cave with a little fire having a chat um and the third element is our kind of spiritual part however you see that i think most people who've done any work come to an acceptance that there is a connectivity and there's something special um where we are connected to the universe or god and each other an energetic element to, to us as humans um and so my my thing is about going going right back where people knew stuff that we've pretended to forget now um you know uh, connecting with that biological element to us there's there's some truth there and the spiritual element bringing that into modern society and going right well how can how can we use these truths these facts about who we are where we spent the last hundred years kind of pretending that it didn't exist how can we how can we bring that stuff in and bring it into modern society we don't want to go back to the 50s we can't do that you know women need to women women want to need to we need women to be equal in society um in terms of the decision making and government and business and everything else like that so this isn't about um 
a return of that but it's about so how, how how do we bring in that balance of masculine feminine energy where we can all be comfortable with with who we are and our mix of the two yet still retain the beauty of the tango dance between men and women in a in a relationship model and and as a society how can we how can we lower the male suicide rates how can we stop all of these young men being I read in stat today that 50% of boys were brought up by single mums 73% of boys um are are taught by women only and it's it's, it's around about half half of boys under the age of 10 have nothing but female influence in their lives and then you look at the statistic for that and how many of them end up in prison um and we say well actually it's a lack of masculinity positive masculinity in these boys lives um is the problem and it's not an abundance of femininity that's not what i'm saying by the way it's not like there's too much women in their lives it's, there isn't enough men guiding young boys and young men and how to be because we're not even having that conversation we're not even what is it to be a man we're not having that conversation and young boys and young, and young men and our generation we like we were were left alone to try and figure it out right and we didn't do a great job of it <laughs> and that must really resonate because obviously that experience as you shared earlier on that was your experience growing up in in that environment it so wasn't, it wasn't. i mean i've always had my dad in my, my life you know my, my dad has played a massive part in my life and my dad is a really good he was the original modern man he, he when i was born he worked part-time to help look after me as a baby and stuff like that my dad is a really he's a professional footballer martial artist oh wow um <clears throat> kind of uh professor you know at the university of the west indies so he's like a well-rounded positive male role model and i'm i'm really blessed to have had him in my life um so i so i so i got that but i but I see it around me, you know, I see it, like I said, um, we've just started up a charity, Advocates, uh, that's all the paperwork's going through at the moment, which is all a bit of a pain, um, mm-hmm. to actually provide young boys and young men who don't have a male role model in their life to, we're going to be putting together some mentorship programs and just ways that we can go and interact with them right from the very small to the kind of over over the years kind of engagement just to 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 be there to say that this is this is what it looks like to be a positive man in the world and that it's okay that you're a boy it's okay that you're a man it's okay that you have testosterone it's okay that you want to punch a mate in the face and have a wrestle like it's that all of that is okay what this is what's not okay all right here are the lines here are the limits here's how to control that um here's how how to behave yourself here's how to how, how to how to learn levels of self-control and behavior and what's appropriate what isn't um without having a finger wagged at you you know um by women who are then scared and bringing all this kind of fear so you're not scared of yourself that you know it and you have control so it's a work in progress is my answer to that what is a modern man it's a work in progress we're going to figure it out (laughs) but it's a good thing it's fascinating stuff and thank you for sharing that it sounds an interesting uh kind of concept as well so hopefully when you come back next on the show you can tell us exactly how it's all going because it does sound like a, a fascinating scheme a fascinating initiative yeah i'm looking forward to getting stuck in it's going to take mm. a while you know so this we're, we're in it for the long game you know i'm not rushing out i've got a lot of stuff going on with my business and, and i don't can't get distracted from that because that's what's going to fund it um yeah, absolutely but, but, but yeah you know it's a necessary part there's no point in us all healing ourselves as as men if we're not passing that on down as quickly as possible to the next generation so that they say so that we don't have to undo the same stuff again for them yeah absolutely so the question that i ask everybody that comes on the show 
I have just been made the MC of O2 Arena in London. 20,000 people have paid a harder money to come and hear you do your thing. Mr. Fidel Bowhill, your walk-on music just kicks in as I introduce you. What would your walk-on track be and why? Oh, wow. Um, did you email and tell me you were going to ask me this? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> That'll teach me. Um, okay. So there's. Uh, I'll have to pick between two. It's either it's a James Brown, Man's World, or... One of the ones I did the Desert Island Disc thing the other day, and 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 one of my other ones is uh, Bob Marley, "No Woman, No Cry," which is a beautiful, a beautiful song, and I think that kind of sums up what what what, what I'm doing. Good stuff. Thank you so much. Those, along with everybody else who made suggestions on season two, will be on the playlist available at the end of the season. For now, big thank you, Fidel Bohill. Thank you, Nick. A pleasure as thank always. Thank you. Friend for your sharing your insights and your experiences with us and so candidly as well. And for everybody else, big thank you for tuning into today's show. Uh, as you may already know, we are now on Apple Podcasts as well as everybody else before. Uh, stay tuned for the next show. We have some amazing guests lined up and coming your way very soon. So please do hit subscribe and I'll see you soon. Stay happy, take care. And that's a wrap. A big thank you for tuning into today's show. Please stay tuned and hit subscribe for future episodes, bringing you amazing guests, sharing amazing content and amazing insights. Really excited to bring you these. The Forge Ahead Show is sponsored by NickElston.com. If you want to connect with me, you can find all the ways possible through the website. If you want to drop me a message, always great to hear from you. But in the meantime, if I don't catch you before, I'll see you at the next episode. And you take care, guys. Cheers now. Bye. Bye-bye.